And welcome to the Deeper Dive Podcast. Each week we take a deeper look at the text we covered in worship on Sunday, and we do that by discussing things like uh, historical settings, literary context, the way others before us have read the text, and our reflective approach to reading that same text. This podcast is a part of Calvary's Daily Connection, a place where Calvary shares something new each day to help you grow in faith. So we hope you check that out through Calvary's app or by going to connectwithcalvary.org. All right, kind of a potluck on uh, the podcast today. Never know what's going to happen when you take the dish uh, cover off and see if it's green beans or if it's uh, have mercy. Ma- delicious <laughs> macaroni and cheese or perhaps a fruit plate. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, yes, on Sunday we talked um, uh, about really just a few words from the passage from Romans 12, and that was um, hate what is evil and cling to that which is good. And um, we took the approach of, I mean, there's there's a lot of places we could go on that, but um, our hearts have been heavy for the uh, massive uh, uh, uprising, or at least verbalizing, um, of racism. And uh, there's a lot of, as Randy said yesterday, there's a lot of isms out there um, that are just as um, harmful. But but racism um, is something that um, I thought, Randy said he thought, had, had gone, at least gotten better over the last 50 years. Um, and uh, we have seen that maybe that isn't the case. So... Um, so that's kind of where we were yesterday, um, and we can go uh, talk a little bit more about that, talk a little bit more about um, what the history of United Methodism is, or Methodism is, with with uh, racism. So where y'all want to go? Go for it. I'm, I'm still uh, wrapping my head around, well, I'm not wrapping my head around, because I have a pretty defined <laughs> train of thought about what evil is and how it manifests itself. Um, that, uh, that word, um, um, well, it comes from my, it just comes from my deep roots of faith. When I talk about evil, it's just tied in with Satan. It's tied in with the enemy. Frankly, it's tied in with what happened in the Garden of Eden. Uh, It's tied in with uh, the rejection of God or disobedience to God. It's tied in with uh, all of the outcomes of that disobedience. I mean, you go back and you think about Jacob's brothers Mm -hmm. selling him because he was uh, a favored son. Joseph's brothers. Joseph's brothers selling him into slavery. Talk about a level of evil. Um, and yet we look at places in the scripture, uh, um, or it's, it's, it's always interesting whether it's allowed to raise its ugly head, if there are parameters to that evil, uh, there, it's always interesting to me, um, how it manifests itself in people, um, and yet I, at the same time, my, my strong conviction about it being a spiritual, a um, force of wickedness. Um, I, I'm still fascinated with this um, neuroscience stuff. Yeah, I was going to talk about that. Um, yeah. About um, 
and they've done most of that. Well, I I say that I I am not a neuroscientist, so I. What did you read. remind us of what that was? Um, <clears throat> basically, that it's something, some disconnect in the brain, some short circuit in layman's terms in the brain that causes evil to happen. Uh, a lot of that study was done with uh, uh, serial killers, mm-hmm. uh, or with uh, you know children who have. Well, it starts yeah. out killing cats, but then it goes to killing and ha- not having Sociopaths. any connection. Yeah, right. I was going to say, I think, you know, just to be clear, it's certain behaviors and mm-hmm. certain mm-hmm. Um, in, in certain uh, kinds of brain function right. that we're mm-hmm. talking about here. We're not talking about right. evil in general as a, you know. But, <laughs> so, but that, that particular know. article did link it, didn't it? I mean, it, it was talking about, so that was kind of weird to... Um, Randy and I were talking about that, about even whether we include that in the sermon, because um, what we don't want is for people to say, well, it's not my fault uh, that my brain was functioned to be a serial killer. Um, um, but on the other hand, um, it, it is interesting to kind of look at that. And 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 we looked at um, um, that, that article, and I didn't read the whole article you did, Randy, um, in terms of, of what they were saying, and I don't remember where it was even from, but um, for a scientific article to use the word evil, um, I don't know if it was a scientific article or it was a religious article that did that. Um, do you remember what that was? It was from, it was, uh, from, some, from studies, from some psychological studies yeah. on what they termed to be evil, Resulting, I mean, it was really about evil actions and how they were trying to explain it. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, if it's a if it's a, a snafu in the brain, logically for us, it's easier to explain than a spiritual force of darkness. Sometimes is um, because trying to trying to get a handle on a spiritual force of darkness, I think is a as a bit more of a challenge unless you go around looking for the devil under every rock. And I. I, I don't. I can't handle that one. Um, well, it reminds me of our of our whole discussion of sin and sins. Um, that um, there is, uh, um, <clears throat> we talk about the um, our state of sin um, that we all are, are born into original sin, and then individual sins that we do things mm-hmm. that are disobedient to God. Um, and I think the same thing uh, can be said of of evil. The evil forces. And, and then there are evil actions. And we even looked at the difference between sin and evil. Um, are they the same thing? Are they different? Um, and we realized that we were going into the weeds there, and we didn't want to spend that much time in a sermon talking about that. We wanted to get to the issues that we felt that the um, Scripture was pointing to. Um, but I, I'm not sure we ever got any conclusion on that. You know, is evil, uh, are evil and sin the same thing? Uh, are they different? Um, certainly, um, uh, evil results in sinful actions, um, but are they the same thing? Um, not sure we ever got there, you know? Isaac's just shaking his head. I he's, think that he, he did has not nothing get to say. He did not get yeah. there. No. <laughs> I, I think evil has a nature to it as well as an action to it. Right. Uh, and that's where the spiritual forces of wickedness or darkness comes in for me. Um, the action – and what causes that is still 
well, it's still fascinating to me if it's if it's a cultural cause. In other words, if I'm brought up in in the home of a of a white supremacist or somebody within the realm of the KKK, I would guess my bent is towards actions that would mimic what my dad does. Mm-hmm. My dad. Uh, uh, was a man of extremely hard work, and and I mimic that. I grew up in that. I don't know anything else but that. If I grew up in a household um, where those kinds of values are valueless, thoughts about other people were present, and that was part of my upbringing, um, my ultimate question is how do we change that? Uh, just simply standing in a pulpit and saying this is wrong uh, is not going to change that. Something has to happen, in my mind, in in the spiritual realm to come to a realization that this is not what God wants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I can remember my grandma um, on my dad's side was, um, you know, we're talking – you know, she'd probably be about 150 now, I'm not sure, um, but um, uh, not quite that. Um, but but she grew up in a day that was uh, pretty segregated, and um, she was just definitely racist, um, and yet I knew, and, but my parents weren't um, in, in terms of, of their perspective from hers, um, and uh, so I knew that that, um, that, that was wrong. Um, her opinions were were harsh and wrong, um, and I think that came from my parents. Um, that so that wasn't wasn't handed down to that next generation, um, and it also came from uh, my accepting Christ. Um, although accepting Christ doesn't necessarily mean right <clears throat> that all goes well, you know. Um, we had some dear friends in my first church. They were actually grandparents to my boys because none of our parents were remotely close. Mm-hmm. Deeply loved them, deep people of faith, and and yet the brother was um, he was not happy with me the day the day I married a white girl and an African American man. He, I mean, it he was clear with me about he thought I was doing something out of God's will at that point in time. Mm. So that it, that's just fascinating to me. Uh, I think at some point we come to a, a crossroads, if you will, um, and make a decision of, of how we're going to think about somebody else. My dad fought in World War II. His opinion of our Japanese brothers and sisters was not extremely high. Um, that's as racist as what any kind of color mm-hmm. there might sure. be in that. Um, he mellowed a little bit over the years, but I'm thinking that probably those Japanese brothers and sisters held somewhat, if not exactly, the same kinds of oh, thoughts absolutely. about us. Absolutely. Um, and how do we overcome that some form, some manner, some way? Mm-hmm. Um it's it's just fascinating to us, fascinating to me anyway. But I think I think the key to overcoming is to get into the word and begin to understand. I don't I don't think we have the capacity today to understand the difference that the Jewish people felt. I mean, we can talk about it. I don't think we have the the capacity maybe to grab a hold of the utter disdain they had for somebody who was not a Jew. Mm-hmm. 
in that whole conversation Paul has here in the church in Rome, well, the whole conversation he had with Peter, for that matter, about mm-hmm. Jews and Gentiles, um, I'm not sure we have anything that quite, although race may be the closest thing that we have to being able to accept somebody different from us. Oh, no, I would I would say that's not the most. Um, I think that uh, uh, most Americans' fear of Islamic uh, extremists mm-hmm. is probably the closest that, that we right. have to that situation. You're right. Uh, and, and in fact, it's very... It's very close uh, because uh, Israel at that time it was always linked with a safety, um, I mean, a safety issue, what we would call a safety issue mm-hmm. right now. I don't think that word's been used very appropriately, but that's the word that's used. But um, And so this constant fear that someone else will uh, set your agenda through violence uh, is basically first century Palestine mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. Uh, not just the New Testament, but going back you know, seven, 800 years mm-hmm. uh, into that too. And so our, um, our narrative toward um, those who do violence against us is very similar in mm-hmm. that sense. And so while we can talk about, um, you know, the subtle issues of um, systemic racism, and we should, uh, I think the, the overt, um, a kind of hostility toward, uh, well, toward, I think that just spills into all uh, practicers of uh, the Islamic faith. Mm-hmm. Um, that's certainly very much in alignment with what was going on in first century uh, Palestine and what Jesus spoke against in terms of loving your enemy mm-hmm. and, you know, praying for those who persecute you and, you know, all of that kind of all that kind of business that uh, is hard to deal with. Um, well, and and Isaac, some of that depends on where you are at the time, because um, uh, when I was uh, pastoring in Trenton, Illinois, um, we were, I don't know how many miles, 50 miles, 60 miles, I don't know, from East St. Louis, and um, the United Methodist Church has Leslie Bates Davis Neighborhood House, a mission down mm-hmm. there, and our church went over and did Bible school there every summer and just had a blast and um our youth would help us with that and there were some parents that wouldn't send their youth because there were shootings every day in east st louis several shootings and and so um parents saw that um um that community as just as violent and threatening as extreme islamic people you know right right Um, but in terms of america i think putting a target on someone's back who they've never even met before mm -hmm. which is probably the case again if we're just making a parallel with first century palestine Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. what you know that's what was laid down so um you know certainly with the recent political situations however you want to define those uh people have voiced their fear in that way Mm -hmm. and um that's where it begins is the fear of the other, whether they are seen or unseen, encountered or not encountered, mm-hmm. uh, simply the boogeyman in a story, or, right. uh, which is, again, most likely what um, those parents of those children mm-hmm. that you mentioned were you know, operating on as well. Mm-hmm. They'd never met those people. Mm-hmm. No, you know? no. Um, so there's this sense in where we are incredibly skeptical of 
the other, and we like to um, we like to use uh, potential violence as mm-hmm. a means of distancing ourselves mm-hmm. from those folks. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, and and uh, I I agree with you that when we when we compare um, apples to apples in uh, first century, I think that that's true. I think that we do. Our country has a huge fear. Um, I think as it's played out in our day-to-day lives right here in McLean County, mm-hmm. um, I think that the um, um, day-to-day life stuff is more uh, uh, racial. Um, uh, and, and uh, I mean, there can be um, uh, Islams that are, are, are of another race, or they can be American Islam. I mean, you know, that mm-hmm. doesn't... But um, when the skin color is different, um, when um, um, the language I heard something um, yesterday, it was on TV. I had to be on TV. Um, you know, well, they don't even speak our language. You know, they what are they doing in our country? They don't even yeah. speak our language. And um, you know, I've been thinking a lot about the fact that we have a lot of Americans that go to other places to work. I mean, their their job transfers them to other countries, and. I know that they don't learn the language of that country, but we are privileged enough to um, uh, have English as kind of an international language. And so, um, you know, once again, um, the superiority raises its head and why don't they speak our language, but we won't speak anybody else's. Right. But again, I think there's, I think fear is at the root of that kind of situation, fear that we don't know what they're saying, Um, you know, and that's where we come back to, I think, John's letter, you know, there's no fear in Mm -hmm. love. I think that's very intentional on John's part to say that when we embrace this kind of um, uh, God fullness of love, that that kind of, that kind of calculation based on ignorance which is what I would call fear mm-hmm. most of the time. Um, there's no place for that mm-hmm. uh, in the kind of love that God is and God calls us to. Right. Uh, and so that that's that scales all mm-hmm. up and down yeah, any kind of situation, whether it's whether it is actually politically violent or whether it's just socially violent or whether it's just conversationally violent. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, that goes all the way up and down the chain, um, and we. Uh, we don't recognize that, I think, mm-hmm. uh, an awful lot. Um, and I think that's what Jesus is calling us to recognize in these very, um, these, these very harsh passages about uh, loving your enemy, about, mm-hmm. uh, you know, showing all these religious professionals as the defunct ones and lifting up the other, you know, mm-hmm. the Samaritan, uh, the, the Iraqi, basically, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, as the, uh, as the hero mm-hmm. in the story. And so, you know, it's not to say that all religious professionals are terrible, I and mean, I hope we aren't. Mm-hmm. I mean, three yeah. three yeah. of us are sitting here, so yeah. hopefully, you know. <laughs> um, but to to make that kind of an extreme uh, uh, illustration uh, really cuts at the, the mm-hmm. bone. Mm-hmm. Um, it does. That issue. It does, know? yeah. Um, I look at, at um, I'm embarrassed by um, the way the church um, um and I mean, I mean the church with the big C. I mean the the universal church has a history of um, of separating itself and of uh, 
of uh, not not uh, going by John's passage to, that God is love. And although we would probably say that we're being loving, we just are are trying to organize organize ourselves differently. And I look at. Um, um, when we talk about racism, I look at what the Methodist Church did, and uh, the Methodist Church uh, split on on racism um, years ago. And um, you know, I think what would it have been like in that time to you know to be a part of that. Um, um, there were, and, and I always tell people this: there were good Christians on both sides of that, and yet I can only understand one side. I can't understand the side that would say um, it's okay to um, to segregate and to and to keep slavery. Um, and I know that it was an economic thing, um, and it was so deeply ingrained in them. But I I have a hard time um, reading those passages from Scripture um, that say there's no you know slave nor free, Greek nor you know um, Jew or Greek, uh, man or woman. On the other hand, um, um, we have to read Scripture in the context that it was, and they had slaves during those times. And so they talk about, you know, this is how you treat your slave. And so, you know, I, I just, I have a hard time um, wrapping my head around how, um, and, and those of you that are listening may have come from uh, a, a tradition um, or, or the part of the south where your your grandparents or whatever remember that um well it hasn't been together that that long really um uh our churches and so um like the 1940s when it came back and so um split around the civil war yeah right? yeah About 18 18 for i was just reading recently yeah. on run up to it missions yeah. and our uh, board of missions started in 1820 it was only 20 years into them that the two churches split mm-hmm. and so did both boards of missions split the board of missions split into two different uh, right. realms as well and that was a very common thing in other kinds of religious movements in america at the time as well i mm-hmm. mean there was a there was a, a nice rift there that that followed the political mm-hmm. um rift yeah as we well weren't the only North ones yeah. yeah um but it's just it's disturbing when you look it, and, and that's always the case when you look back and say how could they not have seen this um and people will look back on us and say look how could they not have seen this uh how did they how did they get so uh sidetracked on this um but um but that's always that's always disturbing to me and um and th- and that also is is a way for me to continually to say um folks just because you disagree with somebody doesn't mean that they aren't um, they aren't a Christian. Um, we're really quick to judgment um, and uh, saying, you know, you can't you can't believe this um, and still be a Christian. Um, you know, we we make a lot of mistakes. John Wesley was against slavery, um, but um, that didn't help <laughs> our cause. Oh, John yeah. got himself in a lot of trouble in this country over preaching. Mm-hmm. Um, against slavery mm-hmm. uh, and I'm not too sure that wasn't one of the driving factors that caused him to go back to England he had stirred the water so much um, but you know I was thinking about just some thoughts I had and, I, and we really haven't heard from anybody at least I haven't seen anything from anybody mm-hmm. on See, I don't think I have our question about what do you think is evil and what do you think is good yet uh, but I had a couple folks yesterday morning say you know 
I'm glad you said that because I needed to be reminded of that, um, which I just thought was interesting. I, mm-hmm. We get so much stuff on our plate that sometimes we need to be reminded that uh, um, you know our behaviors really do make a difference. Mm-hmm. Wherever it comes from, whatever it comes from, if it's from our brain, if it's from a spirit, it doesn't make any difference. No. Where it comes from, it it comes to us and it. It goes back to presenting ourselves as living sacrifices, as uh, it says here in 12, 1 and 2. Present yourself as a living sacrifice to God. So whether it's racism, whether it's whatever you want to do, that whatever it is that honors God, that becomes the thing that we submit to, mm-hmm. to God over so mm-hmm. that we can be that living sacrifice, be that light of his, be that moment of grace of his, be that hand of his, be that heart of his. Mm-hmm. Um, and this whole struggle against uh, good and evil. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and it reflects on the church, reflects on Christ, when we as professing Christians, <clears throat> um, um, to be just just real simple or mean to each other you know mm-hmm. um, um, it it makes us all look bad um, and I'm not concerned concerned about how we look but I am concerned about how we reflect Christ and I don't want others to think that that's what a Christian is I talked to somebody not long ago that um, is uh, not a professing Christian and told me um, why he isn't and it was the way the church acts and, um, you know, I kind of called him out on it. Um, you know, the church is full of people and, and we're all sinful. And so come on the inside and change from the inside out. But, um, um, you know, we, we're being watched by the world. Um, and what is this church thing all about? Are people ready to, um, to um, um, criticize us for whatever we do? Sure. That's, that's if they're, if they're not, they're not Christian. They don't want to be. They're um, what I call angry atheists. Um, you can be an atheist or agnostic and not be angry, but there are a lot of angry atheists, um, um, and and they're watching our every move. And um, if we don't reflect love, then they're going to make sure they talk about that. I think the the one hope that I would have is that it had stirred the waters mm-hmm. that today at least it might be on our mind to cling to what is good. Right, right. That it would change. You know, tomorrow sometimes is a little bit far down the road. Mm -hmm. But just today. But for the moment, this hour, this day, this next hour, to change my heart to reflect God's grace and love um, in a good and caring way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And with that... (laughs) The music. I I think we'll... We'll call it an end. We're glad that uh, you've been with us today. If you have questions or comments, please uh, uh, get those to us. We'd love to hear those. And we'll be back next week uh, continuing to talk about this 12th chapter of Romans. So until then, grace and peace. Peace.